Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. What's the worst thing to happen to good old Peter Parker on Christmas Eve? Finding out he's ho-ho homeless. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week, we are looking back at another Christmas classic comic. Last week, we did the DC entry with the Hitman 22. This week, we've gone over to Marvel, back to 1989. And not another summer. It's in December. And it is issue 314, written by David Michelini with artwork by Todd McFarlane and colors by Bob Sharon. Now, Petula, the McFarlane Michelini run, how familiar you are with, with that particular period of Spider-Man? Wasn't that familiar, but reading this one, I was like, what the hell happened to Mary Jane? And I went back and started reading some of the other things they did to this poor woman. Right. Good Lord. It's, it struggles real. Yeah, yeah. It's cause... hard out there being a superhero's girlfriend. <laughs> totally. But it's also, just, and it's, it's also hard being chaotic. It's hard being like this isn't even a superhero situation. It's hard being just a touted after model, like someone who's become gotten their own notoriety and has gotten on the radars of certain people. And one of those certain people was Jonathan Caesar, who is a, I guess, a multimillionaire living in New York and the owner of Bedford Towers. I'd say uh, a Donald Trump stand in. Because back yeah. then, that's kind of what Trump was known for, you know, real estate guy who was trying to always schmooze the attractive women of New York. So schmooze mm-hmm. or uh, contact non-consensually. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And in Jonathan Caesar's case, there was a lot of non-consensual here. He befriended her and then got her into an amazing condo in the Bedford Towers and then expected something in return, and when she wouldn't give it to him, he kidnapped her, and Spider-Man had to find Mary Jane and save her from this. And of course, Jonathan Caesar went to jail for this, but like rich, petty men always do, they do anything they can to get back at the woman that scorned them, the woman that spurned them, the woman that said, no, thank you, by going, well, fine. I'm going to kick you guys out of your cushy condo on Christmas Eve. And that's exactly what happens here. It begins with a lawyer kicking Peter Parker and Mary Jane out on the street on Christmas Eve. And you think it's going to be a time of sadness and parts of it are, there's a lot of stress, but really this story is about leaning on the people who lean on you being there for family and family being there for you. Because Peter Parker starts the story by telling Aunt May, don't worry about us, Aunt May. Me and Mary Jane are, already got a place lined up to stay. And it's well, because it, it's a bit of pride. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It starts to, but he doesn't want to tell his Aunt May that he doesn't because he doesn't want to lean on her again because he feels like I just got out on my own. I don't want to move back in with my aunt and be doted on by my aunt, not realizing that moving back in with Aunt May is probably the greatest Christmas gift he could give his aunt who just misses him. And so he spends this entire story trying to find an alternative option while the perfect option is right there. I mean, the only part that makes sense is that he doesn't want to have to explain his comings and goings because, you know, sometimes he's coming and going in Spider-Man. But yes, 
other than that, it's a bit of a, like, sir, there's actual houseless issues. You, first of all, y'all stayed in the building of the man that just kidnapped your wife. You had to know this was coming. Not to victim blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this seems like something y'all should have been a bit more proactive about. I see. I believe that I believe that Peter's very naive. He thinks, well, she he's in jail now. Justice is done. Not thinking about the repercussions of rich, petty men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that I get. I mean, it's tough to find an apartment, whether it's back then or now. Oh, yeah. If you find a good apartment, (laughs) doesn't matter if your landlord kidnapped your girlfriend. You're staying there if it's a great location. But yeah, first of all, at least they should have like been starting to look for another place. I would be worried about, you know, surveillance, access to the building, other things. Mm. They were wild for that. A hundred percent. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I, Aunt May immediately offers, as somebody who, when I first moved out, like my biggest goal and the reason I put up with so much nonsense at so many of my first jobs was that I really didn't ever want to have to move home again. Mm. I kind of get his initial recoil but sir it's the holidays and you have a a wife who was recently kidnapped like anyway it's fine the fact that he's willing to take flash's spot yeah and flash had just recently lost his own apartment and is now living in the gym that he runs and so it's just a small room at the gym and flash because this is the reform flash this is where flash has become a better dude has learned from his mistakes he's willing to offer that small little room to peter and mary jane a selfless act and peter's gonna kick him out of his his bedroom on christmas eve in that what was already a shitty situation for Flash. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story, I think, to give people to read now. It's always been tough to find a place, guys. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so tough all over. On the flip side, I could see the, you know, boomer perspective of, well, Peter's just spending too much time on his non-paid side hustle. And if he like got a proper job, then he wouldn't have these issues to deal with the kids just need to work harder <laughs> god yeah <laughs> jeez i Ooh. mean mary jane's out grinding like I, she's lost some revenue recently with you know wasn't able to book too many modeling gigs while she was held against her will yeah yeah and yeah. unfortunately just like now back then if you disappear for a while from the modeling game you're yesterday's news and it's hard to build back yeah yeah this one's tough they are hilarious and adorable just sort of like wandering around like the the lack of a sense of urgency as he's like looking for places as they're you know wandering around new york with him occasionally doing the odd side quest to like you know web up a mugger it's like wow was i ever this unbothered when i was young i kind of really love poor peter parker because he's just like eh it'll work out that's the key. The key is with this character is that when you have nothing to lose on certain, like if you're a, a position like Peter, someone who rarely ever has money. So because of that, he's kind of just living the life. And I think back to my twenties when I had no money, the amount of things that I was willing to do just on a whim or the amount of things that I was willing to take on just because I hadn't really experienced real money. And at mm-hmm. this point, Peter hasn't either because of course, 
the condo deal was a deal that, you know, he was, that Jonathan Caesar gave them because he wanted ill-gotten means there. He wanted to do some things he should not. And so they were probably paying next to nothing for that luxury condo. So the concept of the cost of things had not yet reached Peter Parker. So him being back out there, he's still kind of like, okay, well, let's see what we can do sort of thing, just because he's never really experienced the good life, so to speak. Yeah, my favorite page is the Peter at the office party, thinking of hitting up his coworkers for a place to stay, and the different faces, including his like sheepish, flirtatious smile as he's debating, well, maybe like the hot chick at work will let us crash with her. No, <laughs> not sure if MJ would be yeah. okay. You That's... think, Peter? You think, <laughs> you think your girlfriend that, again, was very recently kidnapped would be okay if you guys bunk with the hot blonde at work who touches your cheek very too affectionately, I'm going to say it. Yeah. As, as you, you know, dimple adorably at her, sir. Yeah. Sir. I, from that group of panels, I really liked that when he goes, Hey, Jonah, what? <laughs> ne never mind. Never mind. <laughs> that that even occurred to him yeah. for a split second. And who knows? Maybe he was just thinking more to get an advance to stay in a hotel. So even still, it's like, this is not the, this is not the one. Yeah. 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 Literally the guy that phrase was invented for. I am not the one. The one it's Mr. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this this particular comic has kind of sentimental value for me um, I remember back in 1999 a friend of mine opened up a comic shop and for a good couple of years I was probably spending all my money there because he opened up the shop mainly using his collection and his collection was vast and so tons of books that it was hard for me to find not not expensive books like books from the 80s and early 90s were suddenly available to me. And so I was buying them up en masse. And so our friendship kind of grew because I was helping his business as well. And one Christmas, him and his girlfriend had me over and he gave, he gave me a gift. And one of the, the books that was in that pile of like comics that he gave me as a gift was this issue. Because I, again, I love Christmas and I always thought the cover to this book was just awesome because it's them getting kicked out of the Bedford Towers. But because it's a cover, you have artistic license. He's not just Peter Parker. He's getting kicked out on his ass as Spider-Man with a Santa cap. And to me, it's like, if I could get a poster of that, I would, because it's, it's one of my favorite covers. Oh, yeah. That's really sweet. The, the artwork in this, this is back when McFarland is firing on all cylinders. This is when I think of Spider-Man, McFarland Spider-Man, this is what I think of. I don't really think about the Spider-Man solo series that McFarland did because I just, there wasn't really any great stories in that. This, the Michelini McFarland run is just fun and energetic and you get that in the pages. The movement here is amazing. And this is back, this was written in Marvel style. So Michelini gave McFarland a plot. McFarland put together the pages and the Michelini went in and wrote the dialogue. And it really shows here because the energy that is just coming off of this, it's like, it's kinetic. It's each page, like even things where it's just people. So like the standing there talking like the Christmas party and stuff, it is moving. Everything is moving in this book. Also the drip. Let's talk about how like literally recently unhoused Pavo Peter 
his jacket collar popped that beautiful yellow scarf the way it blows in the wind when he's standing over uncle ben's grave you got the snow you got the wind there's a few leaves coming up his hair is like ben barnes level delish (laughs) the whole thing it's like sir you may not have anywhere to live but i'd happily make a home for you somewhere (laughs) listen the drawing style again it's a little more I'm going to say Spawny Venom than like traditional hot Spider-Man, but he still makes sure that he's got that trip. He's got that energy. There's a couple of panels where he's almost like, you know what you're doing here. As you see him like shimmying back into his pants as he's doing like a hot, (laughs) hot change. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, you you know what's happening. And then there's another shot right after uh, he's tackled the guys that had taken a truck and when he lands in the snow it's the body the pose if you ignore the coloring it's a hundred percent venom mm-hmm. so they even use the arts to sort of tease like what's coming up in future issues well by it's, this point venom had been introduced yeah 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 and venom having, was going to make his big return shortly after this though yeah yeah so having him just in that pose that it's just like it's not your acrobatic, like, spread leg, toe pointing. It's, like, hunched. It's curled up. It's hands, like, looking like they want to wrap around somebody's neck, not shoot webs. The way they color the mask, it almost looks like there's, like, a tongue coming out. Yeah. For a holiday issue, it's doing a lot. It's doing the most. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. It, it very much was... Giving the holidays while still keeping you in the ongoing storyline that's happening within this run of Amazing Spider-Man. But it can be enjoyed just on its own. Like, again, getting a little context about the beginning of the issue helps. But as a concept of like, oh, okay, they just lost their apartment. Continue on from there. It is a very followable story uh, and a great single issue and a lot of fun. But as you say, also deals with, you know, some moments of of fear and stuff like that, but then has an extremely heartfelt moment, which I think when you got Peter Parker, Aunt May, these are the moments that you think of. You don't think of the Aunt May doting over him. You don't think about him lying to his Aunt May. You think about the moments where they connect about loss, that they are the only two people that they really have for each other. Because, of course, Peter's parents have been long dead. And... Uncle Ben has died in the their timeline about a decade before this. He's been Spider-Man for roughly about a decade. And so, yeah, the the connection there, the scene at the gravesite, it's like those are the heartfelt kind of like sad Christmas moments that you think of. Yeah, it's so stark and such a bummer. And then you get back to May's house later and it's all done up and kids have helped her trim the tree probably. May, baby, she's getting a little old. The way they draw her, this is definitely like old Aunt May. This is yeah. not your Marissa Tomei May. No, no. Yeah. And this uh, is more yeah. Sally Field Aunt May. <laughs> I mean, she wishes. Sally Field <laughs> could still get it. <laughs> but yeah, not to, you know, listen, Golden Bachelor just aired. There's somebody for everyone. Right. But yeah, yeah, Aunt May would need to go on like. Platinum Bachelor. 
Yeah. <laughs> At least this Aunt May. Like, she looks real. She probably only does normally on her own does like the first like quadrant of the tree like this mf was dressed all the way around like places looking good everybody's happy well so, it is a boarding house so you probably she probably also got some of the boarders to help out too so that's true that's true yeah it, it was just nice that peter had that moment because he does occasionally get a little self-involved mm-hmm. uh of right it's not just that i miss uncle ben i at least have you know mj and like my crappy boss and you know good friends that are willing to give up their shitty place to stay yeah. so that I could crash there like, including and- like joe robbie robertson who's just gotten out of prison and so like that. yeah <laughs> yeah like Everybody's been going through stuff in the previous issues, so and it's it's really been the hits just keep on coming. Like the the Rogues Gallery definitely were baking those extra hours before the holidays and the issues leading up to this one. So Oh yeah. It's it's good for him to realize, right, Aunt May, the woman who cared for me through her grief, she's alone and she would love it if I was home for just a little while longer yeah yeah no, yeah definitely. so that was like a great moment of him getting outside of his own head for a second yeah because that's the thing peter is when it comes to acts of bravery he's a very selfless person but he really gets into his own head about what's going on in his life a lot of the poor me's drag him down mm-hmm. and he gets very selfish in that respect sometimes not thinking of others about the day-to-day stuff He'll be there to help you in a bind. But if you're like dealing with your own kind of depression, he might not see that because Peter's always thinking big picture on helping people as opposed to the smaller human connections, which mean just as much. And moments like these are necessary for Peter Parker to be reminded of that, to keep his humanity and, you know, keep going, fighting the good fight. Yeah, his deductive and planning skills aren't that great. Like, even a few issues back when MJ first gets pinched, it's like he immediately thinks it's all about him. And I get that that's, yes, you're a, a costume superhero. That's probably a good guess. But also, um, let's remember the creepy boss who's building you live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to remember that, definitely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But uh, But, yeah, I'd say overall, this is a good issue. It's got the right amount of Christmas spirit in it, but it's also a very compelling story. It also fits in within the world of Spider-Man during that time, but can be read as a single issue on its own and still have something worthwhile to it. I think it's definitely a great comic to read during the Christmas season. Absolutely. And Peter's drip, unmatched. Like him in that scarf, it it's it's almost Lenny Kravitz level. It's not mm-hmm. that thick and lustrous, but it's getting there. Yeah. I, I was thinking earlier, what if Ben Barnes circa Prince Caspian, Caspian? era got Listen. cast as Peter oh. Parker? Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> it would be, but here's the thing. Then I would be having, you know, Mando level frustration of every time he puts on the mask, like, no, don't cover up the hair. <laughs> I would want him to be like Pravitra uh, from, uh, Spider Verse that like make sure that he you can always see his hair outside his mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get one of them gambit balaclavas with the top open. Yeah. You know what? His book is serving very gambit in this issue. Like when he has the coat on with the collar buff mm. and the hair. Yes. 
Is that why I think he's hot? Because he looks like Gambit? Maybe. Maybe 89 was the year of Gambit. So maybe oh my. maybe McFarlane was uh, inspired by Mark Silvestri's Gambit. Who knows? I don't like what that says about me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up this holiday-themed episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Patula, where can the good folks find you? At inajip.com on social things at Obesa Kantawit, O B E S A C A N T A V I T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at geekhardshow.com. Follow me on Geekhard on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Of course, follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post a new episode every week. Of course, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. I know I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and that is it's almost Christmas, and so it must be that with great power comes great responsibility. This has been Back Issue Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I'm Batonio. Have yourself a good holiday. Bye.